Fellas, 2020 has made it hard for us to stay as hygienic as we should be. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped have made it easy to turn your bathroom into your own private doing salon. Need to shave some body hairs in all kinds of places we don't want to know about? Go no further than Manscaped.com. The new Lawnmower 3.0 has came out. It's the best in the business. We've been partnering with them for a while now. I know you guys have heard many ads, but go on. Use code TD77 for 20% off and free shipping off your order and get hygienic, get shaved down, and get ready to go for the women with Manscaped. 3.0 lawnmower, code TD77. Welcome back to episode 15 of the Watch Your Tone podcast. I'm your host, Tony D'Angelo, with uh, Louie tonight and Ronnie only. Got our producer, Sean, in the top left corner here. Huff has become the new Greco. Is this two out of the last three weeks? Huff's been gone. Huff's gone, but uh, we're back. We were off last week, so we haven't uh, we haven't been here in a while. So since last uh, last episode, we got a lot going on. Not as much in the hockey world going on, so we're going to stick to mostly other sports tonight. We got a lot of NFL talk. Uh, we got a little new segment coming. It's going to be a debate between Ron and Louis. So make sure you tune in that later. In a couple of minutes, here we're going to turn over to a little UFC boxing chat. And uh, with our cousin, we're going to talk about who's got a good knowledge of the UFC, MMA, boxing, all kinds of stuff. So before we get to that, the only news we have hockey-wise for you was last week, I re-signed with the Rangers. I re-signed with the Rangers. Alexander Georgiev re-signed with the Rangers. And now we're waiting on um, Ryan Strome and Brendan Lee to be the last two, and we're kind of all set from there. Really nothing else big is going on in the NHL. No trades, no major signings. Still got some free agents out there and stuff. So not a whole lot going on. So, fellas, this is going to be more of a uh, more of another sports episode. Let's hop right into it. Let's talk NFL. Right now, the best team in the NFL. I'm going to go with a little hot take. Outside of the Chiefs, I think we could all agree the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. The best team in the NFL besides the Chiefs is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I wouldn't call that a hot take. Yeah. They you want to call it a hot take? You think you think that many people had them above Pittsburgh, have them above Tennessee, have them above Baltimore? Seattle, Packers. I think the majority of people would have the Bucs in their top five, at least, maybe more even in their top three. They have top 10 defense, and now they just added Antonio Brown, who's going to make their offense even more sick than it already is. Chris Godwin's out next week for sure. Um, he's got to get a thumb surgery. So Antonio Brown will fill his spot for now. But when he comes back, they're, they're friggin' lethal on offense. Antonio Brown ain't filling his spot till at least week nine. So Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson will fill his spot. Uh, Antonio Brown suspended till week eight. So he'll be back week nine. I mean, I, I would yeah, have. I think Godwin got hurt. It's the first I'm hearing about it. I know he had a great game on Sunday. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would think – I personally would put the box in the top three. I mean, Brady has been playing great this year. That offense – Especially, I mean, Godwin uh, broke his uh, what was it his finger, so that hurts. But I mean, you, what, when does Antonio Brown get in week nine? You said, <laughs> yeah, week nine. Uh, yeah, that's huge for them. Obviously, I don't know how he's gonna how they're gonna integrate him, but like, do you think that could mess? Tom up? Brady played with him already, so Tom Brady's not gonna have a problem integrating him. You could do anything you want with Antonio Brown. You could line him up in the slot. You can match him up again on the outside against anybody one on one. They could do anything they want. And you already have Evans who could beat almost any corner league one-on-one. Godwin could beat any corner league one-on-one. There is no, you know, you're going to have to have a slot guy in there at all times to either guard Scotty Miller or Antonio Brown, whoever they decide to put there, the tight ends. It's a, and when you have a 
the offensive line's been pretty good, and that's been Brady's whole thing his whole career. A good offensive line in New England allows him to do what he does, and he's as accurate as it comes. If that offensive line holds up, they keep getting good rushes from Ronald Jones. Fournette came back last week. I mean, you're not even going to – how do you stop them? The only reason I have the Chiefs is number one still is because what they've done in the past, in the last year, how good they've been this year, and their defense is still showing up. They went against the Broncos last week, but even all year, their defense has been really good. So you can't move the Chiefs to number one. But to me, Tampa Bay is knocking right on the door with anybody. And I, my third team, I have Baltimore. I read a lot of stuff today that people have Baltimore kind of slipping a little bit. But they've still played good. They have one loss coming off a of bye week. I think they'll be fine. Lamar Jackson needs to – You got up. Baltimore above Pittsburgh right now. I got Baltimore above Pittsburgh, and I got Baltimore above Tennessee, Seattle, Green Bay. Green Bay is a little bit lower on my list after that performance against the Bucks. It's really the only big-time team they've played against so far. Do you think the Rams are legit or pretenders here? I think they're legit. I think they're good. Aaron Donald, Jamal Adams on D. I'm, I'm sorry, not Jamal Adams. Adams. He's on Seattle. Uh, Ramsey on D. And then the I'm right- not a Ramsey guy. I think Ramsey's the most overrated corner in the NFL for what he gets paid. Even last night, he got beat twice. Easy. Nick Foles just wasn't on his game last night. Our boy Nick Foles struggled, man. A good quarterback last night. Uh, Chicago's offense is horrible. But a real good quarterback play, you got to think the Bears score at least 17 to 20. Well, the problem was Johnny Hecker was punting like you've never seen before. Ten punts inside the 10. That was one of the first times in NFL history that that's happened. Yeah, Every the problem punt. is they had to punt 10 times. Yeah, I mean, their offense wasn't yeah. getting cool too. But imagine being stuck inside your own 10 every offensive drive you start. Well, they have no running game. Montgomery's not the answer as a running back there. Um, it's – I don't think – I think Chicago – I said this last night when I was on the phone – after that game, I said Chicago is the worst five, and they were five and one, now five and two. They're the worst five and two team in the NFL that I've seen in a long time. They're not very good at all. Matt Nagy is horrible with his play calls, too. Matt Nagy's not a good coach so far for the Bears. The first year, real good. They stunk last year. They're five and two this year. I think when they play the Packers, they'll be five and three. I think the Vikings could even beat them if the Vikings ever figure out what they're doing over there. But um, do you know who is for the Bears to play in the playoffs? It'd be Bears Eagles. It'd be Foles versus Wentz. All right, fellas, let's move over to the uh, the NFC East. Who's going to win the division? We ran a poll on this actually um, on Twitter. Who who'd they say won? People say Eagles. If the Eagles don't win this division, they're a disgrace. I put the Redskins by accident. I really didn't even remember I was putting the Redskins. Caught a lot of flack for it. So it's the Eagles, the Washington football team the Cowboys and the Giants. I would say the Eagles too, but honestly, with Washington's defensive line, the way they're playing right now and the three teams in the division they're playing against, they could beat them, all three of them again. Well, the thing that hurts the Eagles is you got to you gotta basically win your division. Forget about the other games in the NFL. We already lost to the Redskins. If we lose to them again, we probably won't win the division. No, you have to beat the Cowboys twice, the Giants and the Redskins just to get yourself to six wins. That's all it'll do for you. And then the schedule from there is crazy. They're playing the Packers. They're playing the Saints. They're playing – I'm pretty sure they play Seattle. They're playing all these teams. Uh, Cleveland, you know, these are like – the Eagles could possibly go 6-10. and 10 and, I'm, and I'm giving them the four wins inside the division. That's what they beat the four, and they could still go 6-10 and 10 or 6-9-1, and one, whatever. And that might be enough to win a division. They got to squeak one non-conference. They got to beat like – Well, they already um, squeaked one out against – San Fran, they almost, you know, they could have beat Pittsburgh and Baltimore. They beat the Giants last week. God knows. You got to beat the Browns. 
You got to beat the Browns. You got to go seven, eight, and one. That maybe you could sneak into the playoffs like that, and hopefully they're healthy by then. But um, I think the Giants have no shot right now. But their defense is like it's hit or miss right now. Their defense, their offense, to me, is going to get going at some point. It ain't that bad. Why is it so bad? Well, they got Sterling Shepard back now, so that helps them. Sterling Shepard played good against the Eagles. They're even against the Eagles. Their offense stunk. The Eagles dominated them on the defensive side of the ball. Until Who are the we- Cowboys going to sign a quarterback? <laughs> the Cowboys have a great offense. That offensive line is worse than the Eagles right now. And the defense is Swiss cheese. They go up and down. Every time we watch that game on Sunday, run, they went up and down the field. It was a joke. Like Sunday, Washington going up and down the field too. 10-yard runs, 12-yard runs. Like they're nothing. Sunday night football, you got Carson Wentz versus Ben DiNucci. The Eagles can't lose that game to Ben DiNucci. I'm pretty sure he's out of James Madison University. Nice Italian kid, though. Yeah, imagine how nervous he's going to be. Sunday night football, division rivalry. And he's, yeah, I like great. Uh, James Madison plays in the same conference as uh, Carson Wentz's alma mater. Well, not the same conference, but the same division, like whatever it's called. Dakota, eh? Division two. Yeah, is that what they're calling it? I don't know what they call that. Like division two A. I don't know what it's called, but North Dakota is always really good. And they always have good players coming out too. They South actually got another quarterback that's supposed to be like real high up this year. I think the Cowboys should try to trade for Fitzpatrick or a guy like Jacoby Brissett. Uh, you know, get one of them guys in there who has NFL experience. If I was the Cowboys, I'm going out and trading for Fitzpatrick if Miami's willing to do it, because you know he could take hits and stuff too. The guy's a warrior. That brings me actually, we could talk about that too. Why is Fitzpatrick not the starter for Miami anymore? I know they want to turn it over to Tua, but Tua's, you know, he's his first year. He, he hasn't played since that injury in Alabama. He played a little bit in the preseason. The Miami Dolphins are finally playing good football. You know how long it's been since they played good football? And you're going to say, all right, now's the time to put in Tua. Fitzpatrick's been great for them. I get it. Like, you know, they're building for the future, but what's that tell the rest of the team? They should have done it in the beginning of the year. I mean, I guess they thought Fitzpatrick was going to fail, but he took this team. To, and they're playing great football now, and now you just turn it over to Tua. It doesn't make any well, sense. I don't think they thought Fitzpatrick would fail. I think they thought that, you know, maybe the team wouldn't be as good as they are, or I don't know what the reason. They said this was the plan all along to get him in yeah, there. It's a scripted move. So I think what they did – doesn't make any sense. No preseason, a different kind of training camp due to corona. Not script. So they let him, you know, get the practice reps, see how he looked in practice, and then they figured, you know, after the bye week, he's our guy. They see what Burrow's doing. They see what Herbert's doing, and they say, hey, you know, we got a guy – that we took, why can't we, you know, see what he could do now? So I think all along they had this plan, and that's why they're going to do it now after the bye. Burrow was planned right away. Herbert was not supposed to start. Tyrod Taylor was supposed to start. He came in because of injury and has happened to play really well. But they were planning on grooming him. Miami, but I agree with Louie. They probably had this plan. They said they had a plan from the beginning. But to me, even if you had it planned from the beginning, you might be let it go another week, another two weeks, go eight games first before you make a move like that when the team's playing that good. Maybe lose a game – you might get crushed by the Bills or something, and then you know, and then pull. All right, now we're gonna let's let Tua go in there and see what he's got. I just didn't understand it. And uh, Fitzpatrick obviously took it well. I think he knew it was coming at some point, whether it was after the season, twelve games in when they were out of the playoffs, whatever. But he took it pretty good. He was pretty upset though. I don't think he thought it was coming. You got to go in and play the Rams this Sunday too. Yeah, Aaron Donald coming at you in your first start. And their offensive line's been all right though. They've been holding up pretty good. And he's mobile, so that helps. Yeah. Now, we're going to do a new segment right now. I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but transitioning out of football, we're going to go right into the new segment. And after that, we'll talk about the best athlete. We're actually kind of going to talk. You guys are going to talk about it right now. After that, we'll go back and talk about it a little more. So 
for all the people listening, this is our first debate segment. We were supposed to have three. Huff was a late cancellation. Now we just have two. So what we're going to do is I'm going to be the moderator. Ronnie and Louie will be the whatever you want to call What should we call them? Debaters, debaters, whatever you want to call them. And I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to give Louie a minute to respond. Then I'm going to give Ronnie a minute to respond. And then after that, I may put a follow-up question. I may ask another question, but they're going to kind of go back and forth after that. So you guys know the rules are very easy. No interrupting each other. Or Sean will have to put you guys on mute. And we'll go from there. Ron, you're the first question. Lou, you're going to answer the same question, and then you'll be able to talk about it. All right. All right, Mr. Greco. <clears throat> Is LeBron James the greatest player in NBA history? Yes. The reason being, we all saw the – Michael Jordan documentary, whatever. It was great. It was sick. I've watched LeBron James play since I was 12 years old. I've never seen Michael Jordan play in person. It's just, it just makes sense for me. I'm not going to pick somebody I've never seen play. Like I looked on the podcast, somebody tweeted Babe Ruth. <laughs> and I think he responded, oh, you saw Babe play a couple times. Like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. Like what do you think the LeBron James documentary is going to look like? It's going to be great. Like documentaries make people look like superheroes. I, I don't know. I just think LeBron James by far and the stats back it up as well. Are you concluding your statement? Yeah, I'm signing off. Lou, All right. I'm going to ask you the same question. Is LeBron James the best player in NBA history? The answer is no. And Ronnie gave no information to back up why he is the best player of all time. That was a pretty awful description for LeBron there. LeBron, you know, he's a great player. Been to 10 championships. He's only won four out of the 10, 40% in the finals. Michael Jordan's been to six championships. He's six and oh, six finals MVPs. Never had a series go to a game seven. He's had five league MVPs. And you know, these guys, even LeBron, he could win MVP every year. It, it all depends on the voting. You know, sometimes they give it to another guy, but both of them, you know, have the accolades, all defensive team, all NBA team, 14 and 16 times all-stars. But I think the thing that really, you know, is telling is all the guys who didn't win a championship because of Jordan. So if you look at, you know, competition in the finals for Jordan versus LeBron, LeBron may have seen some better guys in the finals, but all the guys who didn't make it to a championship because of Jordan, the list goes on and on and on and on. Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing. There's this guy after guy who are Hall of Fame players that never got to win a championship because of Jordan. Ron, I'm going to give you – I don't know if you're going to be able to follow that up. I'm going to give you 20 seconds, though, to counter again if you'd like, or you could just take that L. No, I'm going to come back at Lou there. All right. Let's look at LeBron James's team in 2007 with the Cavaliers, his fourth year in the league, when he got to the NBA Finals. I'm going to read you off some of these players. You're going to laugh. We got Larry – this is the starting five, keep in mind. Larry Hughes, Ilgalskis, nice Gooden – Pavlovic, Daniel Gibson, Damon Jones, Eric Snow. I don't Anderson Vareo, Vareo. I, I don't know. He he came in at such a young age and had nobody. And Lou, to your point with Hall of Famers that never got a ring because of him, there's a list right here of potential Hall. Of, like these guys, LeBron are playing against. I guarantee there's going to be more Hall of Famers in the category of the people he beat in the NBA Finals than Jordan beat. 
by far. Lou, you could counter one more time if you like. Yeah, I mean, once again, you didn't name anybody, but I'm going to let you rebuttal. When did LeBron win his first championship? What did he have to do to win his first one? You he tell had to me, go to Miami and partner with two All-Stars. And when he got to Miami, was LeBron the main guy? He was the best, but when it was clutch time, he did defer to Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade kind of led the team as a veteran. And LeBron, as great as he was, he didn't actually put that team on his back. Then, you know, they win a couple. Then he goes back to Cleveland and he has Kyrie. Who makes the winning shot for them there? Kyrie. So now LeBron is starting to come into his own and lead the team. And this year you've seen him, you know, put the team on his back. And Anthony Davis kind of took over the supporting cast. So he has partnered up with good guys. I know he's faced tough competition, especially when you look at Golden State. You know, you have Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. That's kind of a tall task to beat them guys. But Hold on. but if you're the best, I'm going to jump in here. If you're the best player ever, Ron, sorry to kind of, I'm going to side with Louie here because I think he's destroying you in this argument. If you're the best player ever, I don't care if you're going against all those guys who, listen, it could be most likely going to be three Hall of Famers in that list. Clay Tom- I don't know if Clay Thompson be a Hall of Famer, but Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Clay Thompson, most likely. Draymond Green won't. LeBron had Kyrie Irving. All right, the second time around, I'll give it to you. You know, there was they, they should have swept him like they did. Or he might have got one win in that series. But LeBron should beat – if you're the best player ever, you should beat Golden State with Kyrie Irving, who's just as good as anybody else. You know, your two should beat their three. They had other guys. They had Corver, you know, Corver was hitting shots, and they had some other guys in that team that could play ball. But, Ron, sorry to interrupt. I just had to chime in there. Last rebuttal before I go to – to number two all right so i'm gonna 20 seconds some, sir i'm gonna name some of the potential hall of famers you got tim duncan you played against dirk nowitzki kevin durant they beat him I, I, okay well i'm gonna just, I need to fact check you i gotta keep you honest i'm the moderator all right people that he beat then kevin durant potential hall of famer russell westbrook probably not i, I don't think so not sure no consideration bricks. tim duncan tony parker Maybe. Yeah. Um, Tim, what? Tim Duncan, maybe. Right. Tony Duncan is a Tony. first ballot Hall of Famer. You don't know. He could, he could fly up the charts. <laughs> He's one of the <laughs> best ever. You got Steph, beat Jimmy Butler. There's five guys that probably are Hall of Famers right there. Yeah, and then, okay, and then to your argument, LeBron James went to super, quote-unquote, super teams. Look at the teams that Jordan had. Okay, granted, he was thrown into the Bulls and he was paired up with Rodman and Pippen. That's no different than when LeBron James was paired with super teams. He just happened to go to them, whereas Jordan just fell into it. I think that argument's just invalid. You need a good team to win an NBA title, and that's what LeBron did. He wasn't going to stay in Cleveland. He did what he was supposed to do there. All right, so as I'm going to answer for Louie here in a sense, Lou, tell me if I'm correct or not, You could, if you could uh, chime in over me. Louis' point was Michael Jordan went 6-0 and in his finals. Super team or not, he won. He won those finals. That was the MVP every time. LeBron James goes down to Miami, plays with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, and loses to a subpar Mavericks team, if you want to talk about super teams. Loses to the San Antonio Spurs. Okay. Can I answer for you? He's been there 10 times. Did he lose to the San Antonio Spurs? Did I just misspeak? 
Yeah, he lost to the Spurs with Cleveland when he had that lineup I just You're announced. Saying he's been there ten. Right, he lost to the Spurs with Cleveland. He beat the Spurs with Miami. I moderator, back out. For moderator misspoke. All right, moderator's backing off. <laughs> so LeBron's been there ten times, right? Coming out of the East, who's he had to beat in the East? The West was way more stacked in the last ten years than the East. Now it's kind of made a, a transition because he's in the West. The West is still good. The East got a little better. But my point was Jordan's beating these players every year that he's there and they can't make it to a final because of him Carl Malone and John Stockton, two all-time NBA greats don't get to a final because of Jordan. Patrick Ewing doesn't get to a final because of Jordan, Charles Oakley, John Starks, the list goes on a guys that he had to go through every year to make it to the finals. LeBron had more of an easy road. I'm not taking anything away from LeBron because I think he's a great player, but his road to a final has been easier than Jordan. Just for clarification, I did misspeak. Ronnie was correct. San Antonio beat Cleveland. LeBron beat San Antonio with Miami. All right, moving on. Moving on to the second and final question of the debate between Ronnie and Louie. I would have loved to have Huff in this one, man. All right. He would have been, we we, oh, been going crazy. We ran a poll yesterday on Twitter, and I think you guys ran on Instagram, right? Who's the goat of goats in sports? Now, you don't have to answer from our from our poll. You could pick who you want. But, Lou, we're going to start with you this time. Who is the goat of goat in sports and why? So I'm going to go with Wayne Gretzky. His nickname's the great one. And when you look at it, I feel like in every sport, there's a little bit of a debate on who's the best. Basketball, you know, you have Jordan and LeBron. Um, soccer, you have Messi and Ronaldo and – you know, every sport has different guys you could debate. When it comes to hockey, I think the unanimous decision is Gretzky. If you take away 894 regular season goals for Gretzky, he still has more points than the next player who has the second most. I believe it's Messier. But so those are just like stats that you'll never see 92 goals in a season. I feel like he's by far and away the best hockey player we've seen. And he's the best in his sport. So I would give him the goat of the goats. Ron, I'm going to ask you for your goat of the goats first. And then you guys could go back and forth if you like on why you disagree about a certain party or you may agree. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But it's another guy you've never seen play. It's just like. I'm, no, I'm asking you if you guys could argue after. I want to know your goat of the goat and why. And yeah, then. I've never seen Gretzky play. You could argue. When did you see Gretzky play? Lou used to be at the garden watching the games. I mean, I've watched Gretzky games for sure. All right, I'm going to let Ronnie. Hey, hey listen, I'm going to let Ronnie go now and give his go to the goat, and then we'll come back to this for open debate, open discussion. Like, I'm going to stick to who I've seen play. I think it kills me to say this, but probably Tom Brady is going to be my pick. He's just a winner. He's away from Belichick now, which was the whole big thing. Who knows what he's going to do with the box. He's, he's doing great this year, but I just think Tom Brady overall just throughout his whole career has done nothing but win. And he's, I think, six and three in Super Bowls. Eagles beat him. Um, I think he lost to um, the nice. Giants one year. Um, I don't know. I, I just think Tom Brady overall is just, twice. Twice. Okay. Yeah. So the Eagles and then the Giants twice. I, I don't know. I just, I just have to say Tom Brady. All right. You guys want to go back and forth on your argument? You're just going to kind of just let it lay there. Yeah. I mean, I think TB12 is the great of all time. My only 
argument for that is the same with the LeBron and Jordan kind of thing. People will debate you if Tom Brady's the best of all time. Some guys like Joe Montana, you know, other Dan Marino, different quarterbacks that they say are better than Brady. They say Belichick helped him get his rings. So that's my only reason is when people ask who the greatest hockey player ever is, it's Gretzky and it'll always be Gretzky. Yeah, that makes like there's no debate there. That makes sense. That that's like an easy that's an easy pick. So I I mean I totally understand. Oh, for sure, Ronald. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, that was real nice. That was really nice what you guys just did there. All right, I'm gonna give mine since I'm here, and since since I'm the moderator, the moderation is over now. Good first debate. We'll have this again next week. Hopefully, Huff will be involved, and that'll make it even better for a three-way argument. I kind of get real heated. All right, I'm gonna give you my goat of all goats, and I'm gonna go to a solo sport of golf. And go Tiger Woods, who somebody said should have been on the list. He should have been on the list. I agree with that. Tiger Woods, I think, is the greatest athlete all time. Single athlete, you know, because all these other things were in a team setting, right? So Wayne Gretzky had help along the way, as great as he was. Um, Tom Brady had help along the way. All these guys had help along the way. It takes other pieces to win championships. In golf, it's a solo sport, and Tiger Woods has been able to win the most championships dealing with injured. He's been through a lot, Tiger Woods. There's been a lot of stories between his back, between all the other stuff he had off the course and to win 82 PGA tour wins, multiple masters, everything. I think he's proved himself to be the goat of all goats. And we're going to talk about that. He's, I mean, I don't know many people, I guess you can make an argument. A lot of people make Jack Nicholas as, you know, an argument argument against Woods. I don't see it. I mean, I didn't, like Ronnie has been saying, we didn't watch Jack Nicholas golf, but you see his numbers, you see his stats. I think Tiger Woods is single-handedly the best player ever at his sport. And on top of that, it's a solo sport, which makes it all about him. The pressure's all on him. There isn't a Kyrie Irving to hit a shot for him late. There isn't someone that could score a goal in overtime to make your team win a championship other than yourself. It's all about you in this single-handed sport. And I'm going to have to go with Tiger Woods. It's a pretty good argument. Tiger's one of the best of all time for sure. Rebuttals? No rebuttals? All right. Um, that's good. Good job, fellas. Today's debate was brought to you by Selly Tape. Get over and check out selly'shockey.com and their selection of training aids to assist you to become a better hockey player. Don't let COVID get in the way of your training. You can use these triangle rebounders and stick handling trainers at home to perfect your skills. They also have a range of high quality hockey tape, Selly Tape. That is some of the best quality tape on the market and made right here in the USA. They have a huge promo sale on these trainers at the moment, so get in quick and grab yourself a deal. They are also offering three to five day shipping within the USA. Get over to selliesHockey.com. That's C-E-L-L-Y-S Hockey.com. Also give them a follow on Instagram. Sports. Trivia, we're going to go right into another one. And we're going to do a little bit different this time. I'm not going to ask you guys each a question. It's going to be for, it's almost going to be like family feud. The first guy to get it could answer. How do All I right? buzz in? Huh? How do I buzz in? You raise your hand, I'll pick you. All right. Are we back in middle school? Yeah. Well, how else are you going to buzz in, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. All right. How many soccer players allowed on the field at the same time for a team, including the goalie? Ron. 12. Wrong. 
I thought it was 10. <laughs> it's 11. You wow. guys are both wrong. Right in the middle, Ron. That was terrible. Question number two. Can't believe you guys both got that one wrong, but we'll be each 0 for 1. This is the easiest question ever. Your hand should probably already be up. Which turn of the century NBA's great middle name is Bean? NBA? NBA great's middle name is Bean. Think NBA. Think Bean. Larry Bird? You didn't raise your hand, but that's all right. No, it's not. How the f- how would Larry Bird be Bean? Larry Bean Bird? <laughs> you put Bird in anybody's middle name. How are you going to ask that? this question one more time? And if one of you guys don't get it, this is done. All right, I'm going to Google. Which turn of the century NBA's great middle name is Bean? Yeah, I looked right. it up on. I'll, I'll simplify the answer for you. Which NBA great middle? Sorry, middle. I'm going to say middle again. Nickname is Bean. Yeah, we understood you the first three times. <laughs> okay, so you guys never heard of Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God, Kobe Bean. Yes, I have. It's a disgrace that neither one of you two got that, the late great Kobe Bryant. No, and, and that's, what, that's what our dad calls him too, Ron, every single time, Kobe Bean. Because his middle name is Bean. That was his nickname, Kobe the Bean. The, the Bean. way you were saying it just made me not great. even think of him. He was great. I must have, I must I have trying to think of girl. someone with like Bean in their last name. Plus, I was wow. like, you hear a lot of people just call him Mamba. That was horrible, man. Yeah, the way you phrased it, you had me, you had me messed up there. Larry Bean Bird. <laughs> Larry Bean, you were close, Ron, with Larry Bird and Kobe. That wasn't bad. Larry Bean Bird. That wasn't bad at all. All right. For all the folks that are following us on Twitter, I don't know if you guys have seen, but our new thing going on is the fellas have been putting together some bets for you guys. Play of the day. The Watch Your Tone Play of the Day has become a thing now on the Twitter. I've been seeing it, and you guys are off to a 10-5 and five start. I guess it's a combination of Louis, Ron, Huff. They, them guys are handling the Twitter and making the picks. So very good stuff so far. You guys want to talk a little bit about your picks so far? Kind of just roll with your, roll with your record. You don't have to touch on it if you don't want. I think the people should follow it, though. You're 10-5, and 10-5 and five ATS against the spread you guys are doing real good so far so keep that up you guys got frankie's picks we know how many of these people like gambling even somebody named somebody named our co-host ron the gambler on a uh on the site rtg rtg that's why we do it doesn't mean ron's making the picks guys doesn't mean ron's making the picks this guy's a businessman so we (laughs) want to uh want to make sure we clear the air on that All right, transitioning to the UFC. We had a big UFC card this weekend in boxing. We're going to bring on a guest for the first time since the other four of us on this podcast don't have a ton of knowledge. Louis thinks he does, but the other three of us, a ton of knowledge in the boxing and MMA type of thing, UFC. We like it. We follow it, but we don't have a ton of knowledge. So I'm going to bring in my cousin, Frankie Cardo, who has a lot of knowledge in it. His brother's a professional boxer, our, our cousin, 17 and 17 and 1. One of the best in our area that we've had in a long time. And uh, he's got a lot of knowledge. So we're going to kind of let him, we're going to ask some questions here. Frank, thanks for coming on. And uh, he picked our, he picked our fight. So if you follow us on Twitter, Frankie picked our fights last week. We went nine, two and one. The one was a draw, which was a terrible fight with uh, Jung or whatever his name was. Dong and Jung. So 
Give us your thoughts about last week. Break down those fights for us a little bit, and then we'll give uh, we'll give you a couple more questions. So break down that nine two and one card. Uh, so to start off the card, we had Joel Alvarez, who I'm very big on. His last two fights, he won by submission, and uh, we actually hit both of those picks by sub. He's a big guy, six foot, fights at one fifty five. Is good stand up, and he throws real hard leg kicks. So then people try to close the distance, and he usually gets a hold of them, and he either gets a guillotine or an arm bar. They actually had a nice second-round sub, which hit pretty good for us. Uh, we were talking during that fight. And then the Daun Jung fight, we actually got really lucky because I think we all had him in a parlay, and that would have ruined them all if he would have lost. So, thankfully, he uh, he grabbed – he had a big third round, probably a 10-8 round, and then uh, that ended up making it a draw. So, it just voided our bet, and our parlay was still alive. And then uh, we had fight of the night, which was Casey Kenny versus Nate Wood. Those guys were actually just really throwing down. It was a great fight, nice hands, good kicks. And then uh, we had a Russian guy, Ankalaya versus Kudalaba. That was probably one of the most vicious KOs on the card. He was the guy he had the knockdown, and he threw the two uh, ground and pound strikes. Yeah. And the ref was a little bit late, and he put him completely put out. out cold. Yeah. And then uh, we had a pretty easy win with Volkov over Harris. I think we all kind of thought that. Walt Harris... Doesn't have a great gas tank, and Volkov well, really is good. a slug. Yeah, I mean, he has first round, he's dangerous, but Volkov's really a great fighter. The only person that really beat him was Derek Lewis, and Derek, he took Derek Lewis to school, and Lewis caught him at the end of that. Like, it was a five round fight, and he caught him at the end of it. Before, before you keep going, I want to jump in now. Was the ref that stopped that was late on the fight, was that the same ref as the one in the um, main event in the Khabib fight, or no? I'm not sure. Because the, the fight, I think the guy was almost dead. Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably hard for him to see. And Gaethje even went into that fight saying he wouldn't tap. Uh, I'll talk about that later. And then uh, we had Robert Whitaker with another really impressive performance. He fought at his at Asanya last October, and he came back in his last two fights. He had two really good wins over Till and Cannoneer. He kind of he was the more skilled fighter. Cannoneer fought at heavyweight. And then light heavyweight, and then he's all the way down to, uh, 185 right now. And Whitaker really pieced him apart. I know he broke his arm with a kick early in the fight. And then uh, last fight of the card, we had Khabib, who he looked like a Terminator. That was probably his best performance of his career. He hit the pace he put on Gaethje was insane. He really went after him. Gaethje actually held in there. He's throwing some nice leg kicks that were bothering Khabib. He hit Khabib with some big bombs, too, in that first round. You know that they gave Gaethje the first round on the two, judges. Two of the judges. Yeah. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but he did. He, he was landing some really big shots, and Khabib was eating them. But, yeah, i seen that. That was actually the second round that Khabib ever lost in his career. He lost the third round to Connor. So was that, was that Khabib in his last fight? Obviously, he knew he was retiring after the fight. Was that Khabib going out there and saying, all right, I'm going to show him I could stand up and brawl a little bit, too? And then when I get my chance, I'll finish him off. Uh, I've never seen a fight like that before where he's just going, standing up, rolling for the first time like he did. Yeah, I don't know how much of like he went in with that on his mind. I don't know if he just kind of adjusted it. And that's, I guess he tasted a few punches and I guess he felt that he could eat them. And I guess he just wanted to go after him. I know he had a broken toe before the fight. Yep. So he maybe just wanted to make it a quick fight. If you go back to the McGregor versus Khabib fight, he stood up with him for a lot of the fight and his yeah. corner start telling him to take it to the ground and not to stand up with him, that that wasn't their game plan. So he wanted to stand up with McGregor to show him that he could beat him. 
standing up, but eventually listened to the corner and took him back down. Yeah, I mean, he's such an awesome fighter. It's sad that he's retiring, but I understand why. He's the head of his household now, and uh, his mom doesn't want him fighting without his dad there. And you can see how emotional he was. It was kind of sad for him. Now, we, go ahead. I was going to ask him a quick question. So after the fight, he says that he thinks he deserves to be the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the UFC. I disagree. I think John Jones is still the number one pound-for-pound. What are your thoughts? I think John Jones is awesome, but I feel like him taking steroids has to hurt his case. Uh, so, I mean, if you want to include, if you're keeping him in there, then Jones has an argument, but I think Khabib has a really good argument too. He's definitely the most dominant. Jones has had some close calls. His last uh, fight with Reyes, some pe- a lot of people had Reyes winning. The fight before that with Santos was a close fight. And the first fight with Gustafson, he killed Gustafson in the second fight, but the first fight with Gustafson was really a close fight too. Khabib hasn't had anybody really test him. Jones does have more title defenses. So there's an argument there, but I don't see anything wrong with Khabib being rated number one pound for pound. Quick follow-up to that, and then I'll let Anthony hop in and pop his question in. Khabib versus GSP, for people who don't know, George St. Pierre in his prime, who do you like? It's tough. I don't know if anybody – if you get that Khabib that you had yesterday, I don't see see how people could beat him. But GSP is great. I mean, so that Khabib yesterday looked possessed. He was like a Terminator. With Khabib retiring – I was going to say this till the end, but might as well hop it in now since we're on the Khabib subject. With Khabib retiring, who becomes the premier fighter in UFC or in that weight class? Is it Gaethje? Does Gaethje, is he the guy now? Because he was the one who gave the title, you know, fight against him or? So you, you have Poirier and Connor are supposed to fight. I think the date's January 23rd. I know Connor wants to fight in uh, Jerry World. Uh, there's really, there's a bunch of guys really though. So it's interesting. You have poor. I could see them definitely putting, making that a uh, Poirier versus Connor fight for a title. Never bad to try to get Connor to belt since he's the biggest star they have. But then you don't know how consistent he's going to be with fighting. Yeah, Gaethje. Yeah, Gaethje definitely deserves it. Uh, there's also guys like Charles Oliveira. They just signed the champion from Bellator, Michael Chandler. So he's in the mix. Tony you Ferguson. have to. You have to throw Ferguson in there. There's a bunch of guys, really, and I wish they would do a tournament. The UFC doesn't do tournaments, though, but I think, yeah, unless they change, like, Gaethje deserves it, uh, but Gaethje did lose to Poirier. There's actually talk about McGregor not fighting him and fighting Gaethje. Cause yeah, that, I heard that. For a title? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it would probably that, be for the vacant title. Yeah, Poirier McGregor isn't signed, so that's not a done deal. So there is a chance that McGregor fights Gagey. Well, then you have McGregor. If McGregor wins that title, I guarantee he runs off with it. That's it. He'll retire again and maybe come back and play three years Michael later. Michael fight Pacquiao. Yeah, for another like $25 million or whatever he needs at that time. That'll be his thing. There's a lot of interesting matchups to make at that lightweight division, though. Yeah, it's a better but, division than I thought now that you're saying the names. Yeah, it's insane. So then, but then you would talk about the whole sport. John Jones is still on top. Yeah. And then you have Israel Adesanya, who's really, really making a name for himself. Guy had like 100 kickboxing fights. He's got 20 UFC fights. He had a handful of boxing fights. He's a monster. Does John Jones or Conor McGregor get the bigger draws? Uh, it's McGregor. It's not even close. I was going to say that, right? John so Jones is. So McGregor's basically the face of this sport right now that he's back. Yeah. He's... That's what everyone's waiting for, McGregor. He's arguably bigger than the sport. Yeah. 
I told you their top 10 pay-per-views of all time. I think he had seven of the biggest uh, numbers that they did. Yeah. His popularity is insane. I, I don't think you would really get too much of an argument saying Jones is more skilled, but Connor's just a lot more popular. Now give us a little preview of this weekend first. And I want to ask you a couple boxing questions. Yep. So uh, one of the earlier fights we have, we have Adrian Yanez, who's a really good prospect. They're both, both these guys are making their UFC debuts. I like Yanez over Victor Rodriguez. Rodriguez, I believe he's from Alaska and he's a re- late replacement. So look for Yanez in that fight. He's got a lot of juice on him though. Later on in the card, you have Greg Hardy versus Maurice Green. I liked Hardy when I was first looking at it, and he's a pretty big favorite too. But I, both of these guys are so inconsistent. And then Green's training at Jackson Wink. It's a really top gym. It's where uh, John Jones and uh, Holly Holm train. So I'm not sure really. If Maurice Green could take that to the ground, he could get. He has like sneaky submissions, so you have to watch out for that. And then uh, later on. We have Mahmed Muradov versus Kevin Holland. Muradov is actually represented by Floyd Mayweather and TMT, which is pretty cool. He throws his really good hands, and then Kevin Holland actually knocked out that uh, that Buckley kid who had that spinning head kick in August. So that should be a really good fight. Co-main event, you have Andre Touchy Feely versus Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell. So you got some good nicknames going on there. And then... Uh, Bryce Mitchell is actually insane on the ground. Like his jujitsu and grappling game is ridiculous. He fought a few months ago. I actually think we might have watched it at your house. And uh, he put up, he fought Charles, uh, Charles Rosa. He probably had about 13 submissions in a three minute, in a three round fight. And he won on, he didn't get the subs because the guy's a really good black belt, but he was killing him on the ground. And the scorecards were 30, 24. So he got 10, eight across the board in a three round fight. It was insane. If Philly can keep the fight standing up, then he has a good shot. If it goes to the ground, you can look for that sub or he's just going to control him. And in the main event, you're going to have another superstar, one of the biggest names in the sport, has his last fight, Anderson Silva versus Uriah Hall. Uh, Uriah Hall is a pretty violent dude. I don't know if you guys watched those videos I sent you. He was absolutely killing guys when he was with the Ultimate Fighter. He's had a little bit of a rough career since then, but people were naming him coming out of the Ultimate Fighter, the next Anderson Silva. So it should be a good fight, but Anderson's 45. He hasn't been doing that great lately. I have Uriah Hall most likely by a knockout. Anderson's knees are bad. His chin's still there. I expect him to try something, be a little bit sneaky. I don't see this fight going the distance. I think Uriah Hall by KO. Is Hall the favorite? Yeah. A little bit closer, though. Last fight, too? What? Silva's not the favorite on his last scrap. Silva got stopped in his last fight, didn't he? Yeah, he, he fought that cannoneer who fought Whitaker, and yeah. his knee his yeah, knee gave out. Yeah, Silva's won he, his last five. He's one and four, and then the the one win came against Derek Brunson, and most people didn't have him winning that, so he kind of got a bit of a gift. All right, like the UFC stuff. Frankie's picks will be out. Was Saturday fights, Frank? Yeah, I'll get them out Friday night. All right, we'll have the picks out Friday night for you guys on the UFC slate. All right. What about boxing? What's going on in the boxing world? That's basically, that's your world. You know more about boxing than anybody on this show combined. So what do we got in boxing? What do we got to look forward to? I know the Wilder Fury fight is postponed now. We were talking about a couple of nights ago. What's, uh, what's going on for us in the boxing world? I got one form that I want to ask him about. Uh, uh, junior uh-huh. welterweight unification fight. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Ramirez and Taylor. Who do you like? Yeah. Oh, uh, 
Greco and Huffnagel. <laughs> I think I like Josh Taylor in that. I like Ramirez, but he's had some close calls. I feel like Josh Taylor is, is, is a monster. I really think he can get it done. He's got good boxing. He's strong. He actually beat Regis Progre, who I really, really like. And, yeah, I definitely would pick Taylor in that. Good fight, though. So what do we have? Louis asked a question. I'll go back to what I was saying at the beginning. Like, um, boxing-wise, I know Joshua is now supposed to fight Fury. Yeah. Joshua. So what else? Is there any other guys? Is there up-and-comers that we should be paying attention for, boxing fans? Who's, who's going to be the next big name, you think, in boxing, in the boxing world? Uh, well, this weekend we have Tank Gervonta Davis for Santa Cruz. Should be a good fight. People were parlaying Tank and Lomachenko, so they really drove up the price on Tank. He's like minus 710 right now. That parlay lost. <laughs> yeah. Santa Cruz is a good fighter, though, and the thing that's interesting about this Tank's been fighting at 135, and he always has a bit of a hard time making weight. This fight's going to be at 130. So if he really – I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch the weigh-ins. If he doesn't look that great, I might put a little bit of money on Santa Cruz, maybe by decision. Ultimately, though, I do think Tank gets it done. He's a bigger fighter as long as he makes weight good. He's stronger. Santa Cruz started his career at 118. He usually fights at 126. He's moving up to 130 for the fight, big money fight. After that – we're going to have Crawford versus Brook, November 14th. That should be a nice fight for Terrence Crawford. And then uh, I actually just seen, I, I, like, there was a ton of buzz about it. Tyson and Roy Jones are supposed to fight next month, November 28th. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot about that fight. I thought it was yeah. supposed to be sooner. Has it always been November 28th date? No, they pushed it back. I was going to say, I thought that fight was supposed to be done already. They're fighting yeah, for it, a belt, too. They made up, like, hmm. for a belt. <laughs> Yeah, so that fight was supposed to happen like two months ago. And Roy Jones actually was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast talking about that. And he was saying he definitely wanted to fight because he didn't think Tyson would have enough time to get in shape for it. Oh, he's... Because it was a quick... Push it up a little bit. Yeah, so it was a quick turnaround. He definitely thought he could jump on him quick. And then they pushed the fight back like two months. I mean, Tyson's looking to kill him. Yes, I mean, it definitely makes the fight closer. As I told you, like... In that amount of time, I thought Roy Jones would get it. I would pick him. He was a big underdog. But now it definitely makes it closer because Tyson has another two months to train. Two months is a long time. Yeah. All right. In the wild, give us – before we got two more questions for you before I let you go. The last one's going to be – last one's going to get you going a little bit. I know that. Um, give us your prediction for one wild – sorry, not wilder. Joshua yeah, and Fury good. fight. You like Fury? Big time. I love Fury. He's huge. He's 6'9". Those big guys like Wilder and Anthony Joshua, they're not used to fighting guys their size or even bigger. Yeah. Fury's bigger. I think Fury could beat him. I think he could outbox him like he did to Wilder in the first fight, minus the two knockdowns. Or I think he can go at him like kind of like a bull and really like he did to Wilder last fight and, and kind of take him out. I like Joshua, though. I really respect the way he got caught in the Andy Ruiz fight. And he went right back at him. He rematched him, and then he kind of took him to school the next fight. I really respect that. I, I like Josh. It was a good fight. Ruiz yeah. is a bull. Yeah, he's a – people think because he's like – he's got some fat on him, but he's got really fast hands and he's strong. He's got, he's got, some, he's got some blubber, though. <laughs> no, he definitely does, but that doesn't make you not a good fighter. I mean, you've no. seen Daniel Cormier putting guys to sleep. and he throw. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we appreciate you coming on, and I got one more question for you before we let you go. In a bar fight <laughs> – Who's winning? Mike Tyson in their primes. I'll put them both in their primes. They could be, let's just say they're 30. Or John Jones. Tyson or Jones, they're in a bar. They get a little upset at each other. 
and they stand up for a scrap. Who's taking it? Close distance? How big is this bar? I mean, Jones could try to push you off and back up a little bit if he wants, but it's pretty close. Uh, like, like the bar fight I, you can see at any time. <laughs> yeah, I would go in their primes. I'd go Tyson. Or does Bruce Lee step in and kick both their asses? <laughs> I think they both beat Bruce Lee with one hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank Frank. Thanks for coming on, brother. We appreciate it. Take care. Before we go into our final thoughts for tonight's episode, I want to talk a little bit about the World Series, which we haven't touched on. We've been mostly NFL, UFC today. So a little bit about the World Series. We're going to Game 6 tonight. We're recording right now before Game 6 has started. It should be on here in about 40 minutes or so. But uh, Game 6, you got the Dodgers starting with a, um, a bullpen guy coming out, Tony G, against Blake Snell for the Rays. Do the Dodgers finally pull this off? I read something today that said 32 years and $3.6 billion later, the Dodgers are finally in position to win it all. And I think they do. I'm actually happy for Clayton Kershaw, how well he's pitching the World Series. He needed that. I think if he would have had two more clunkers or even one more clunker, it would have been it for him, you know, his legacy. But I think he bounced back. And even in the shortened season, whatever you want to call it, it's still a World Series game. So Clayton Kershaw, I got the Dodgers tonight in game six. I think they're going to win it. I think it's over. Um you guys got any thoughts? Did the Dodgers wrap it up? I know Sean thinks the Rays are going to go all the way, make the comeback. I can't see the Dodgers with this team, this lineup, you know, um, faltering like that this late. I think it's just there, right there for them. I think it comes down to how Blake Snell pitches tonight. If he could, you know, eat some innings up and get late into the game so where the bullpen doesn't have to get in there early, I think the Rays can pull it off tonight. But if it gets to game seven, I still think the Dodgers win. Bueller will be back on the mound. I think they would go with Bueller and not Kershaw there. You go Bueller and Kershaw, most likely. Yeah, I mean, you could just split them two guys up if you needed to. I like the Dodgers to win, you know, kind of a Cinderella story for Tampa in a 60-game season. They got a super small payroll, but I still think the Dodgers get it done. Ron, you think the Dodgers wrap it up? You think the Rays push this to seven and possibly win game seven? Yeah, I think being that, like, if you're the Dodgers, you don't want to push this to a game seven. You want to get this out of the way now. You, you do not want to see that Rays team. They're just pesky. They don't, they don't go away. As good as this Dodgers lineup is, like, the Rays are right with them, and Lou hit them now on the head. Like, they have an extremely small payroll, and they're just getting it done. I don't know. I think, I think, it's, I think it's, it was always the Dodgers tonight. <laughs> I think it was always the Dodgers because my biggest thing with the Dodgers is they don't usually fail when they see a pitcher for the second time. Look what they did to Charlie Morton. They started batting him all over the place. I think they're going to do the same thing to Blake Snell tonight. The lineup's patient. They got a good balance of righties and lefties. Blake Snell threw like 95 or 96 pitches, I think, in game in game two, even though the, he shut them down pretty good. He only got through four and two-thirds. Didn't even get through five. Wasn't even in line for the win. So I do think the Dodgers push him around tonight, start hitting early, get a few runs. And I, uh, I don't love when they don't start the game with a starter, but I think they'll mix it up. They got a lot of options tonight, especially with Buer and Kershaw being ready for game seven. So Dodgers for the win. I think they deserve it. It's been a long time coming. They're there. It feels like the Dodgers are every single year. You're like, when are the Dodgers going to win? When are they going to win? I think tonight it's all over in about 40 minutes. They'll, they'll start to run to the World Series. If not, if it goes to game seven, I still think they're winning game seven. I don't think Buer and Kershaw, the combination of those two, I don't care how good that bullpen is. You don't want to face those two in a game seven. So Dodgers for the win. Final thoughts. We haven't done final thoughts in a while, so we'll bring in final thoughts again for, for episode 15. 
I'll start. I'll start my final thoughts. I should have mentioned this way earlier. I don't know how I forgot to mention it, but I'm going to say one of saving it for my final thoughts since we've gotten to the UFC and all that other stuff. This weekend, I don't know if everybody watches college football, but I know mostly everybody. Actually, more people may watch college than they watch the NFL. But Penn State and Indiana, I tweeted about this. Penn State is up 21 to 20 with a minute and 42 seconds left at Indiana's 12 or 13-yard line, I think it was. Indiana has one timeout. So Penn State runs the ball. I probably wouldn't even have ran the ball. I probably would have just kneeled it three times and maybe took a few steps back, and they would have had about 13. I would have kneeled it on fourth down, too. They would have had about 13 seconds left to go down 77 yards at no timeouts, 87 yards. And long story short, Penn State's running back gets a run on first down with a minute and 42 left, runs it into the end zone for a touchdown. Indiana doesn't have to waste their timeout. There's still a minute and 40 seconds left on the clock. And now they're only down by eight points after the extra points good for Penn State. Indiana comes down. Naturally, every defense in football, anytime you're winning late in a half or late in a game, you just sit back and say, come score on us. Seattle did it again on Sunday night. Come score, come score, come score. And what does Indiana do? They hadn't scored in forever. They come down, they score. They get the two-point conversion. We go to overtime. Penn State scores in overtime to start off. Indiana comes back and scores. Jimmy McGinty decides to go for two points. Goes for two and the win against Penn State. And on maybe the most questionable call, questionable call I've ever seen. And they went to replay for maybe four or five minutes. They give Indiana the touchdown. The ball clearly hits the line, the out-of-bounds line, before it hits the pylon. You could see it as clear as day on the replay. And they have all these replays in a huge game. Penn State has no shot now at winning the Big Ten unless they beat everybody in Ohio State, which is not going to happen. And they lose the game. So as much as Penn State got robbed by the refs, they robbed themselves. And what was everybody saying after the game? Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley. He knows how to do it. He's always the one that goes down at the one. All right, let's fast forward to Sunday. Todd Gurley has a chance. How much time was it in that game? A minute, and I think Detroit had, what, uh, one timeout as well. So, yeah, one minute. There would have been no time left for Atlanta to do anything. Todd Gurley realizes as he gets to the one-yard line, but the, the ball breaks the plane. What does Atlanta do? Atlanta sits back, sits back, sits back. And what does Detroit do? Comes down and scores. So two things is players make mistakes as horrible as the citizens as it was. Players and coaches make mistakes. But the biggest thing for me is I'm so sick of seeing NFL teams at at half and at the end of games sitting back and letting themselves get scored on or putting themselves in a position where they have to stop a two-point conversion to win. It makes no sense. Just play defense. If you get scored on, you get scored on. Why let them come down and score? Seattle did the same thing this week on Sunday Night Football, and that's why they're now 5-1 and one instead of 6-0. and oh. That's my final thought for the week. Pissed off the D coordinators. Yeah, that cost me a bet there. And for anyone who didn't know, Jimmy McGinty is from the replacements. Yeah, you got to get on to that. Jimmy <laughs> McGinty was anything but a conventional guy, they said. in The, the game on the line? Go, go for it. If you haven't seen the replacements, go out and watch that movie. It's the best. Any final thoughts for you guys, or you want me to wrap it up there? Well, I actually do have a final thought. Um, some of my the New York fans may like it, some may not. Um, my final thought is I actually feel bad for Odell Beckham Jr. I feel like he's probably one of you know the best wide receiver talents we've seen maybe ever. He gets sent to Cleveland, you know, and it's his career is just not panning out right now. It's a guy in his prime. Baker Mayfield can't seem to get him the ball. He's his production's down. Everything he's doing's down. Baker throws an interception on the first play of the game. Odell hustles back, tears his ACL, 
So he's going to be out for, you know, another year, maybe not the same again till, you know, 2022. So we'll see. I kind of feel bad for the guy. He's having a little bit of a rough stretch in his career. So I hope, you know, he could come back and, and be the receiver that he was. Anything, Ron? Nothing. I will say, I'll, I'll add your final thought in, Ron. For any athlete that listens to this show, younger or older, it doesn't matter, I guess. Take a look at the DK Metcalf clip from Sunday night when Russell Wilson threw the interception about work ethic and uh, caring about the team. He was wide open multiple times in that game, didn't get hit. Russell struggled a little bit. The way he came back and hustled to stop, and then they wind up getting the ball back. They stopped him on fourth down. So I know they wind up losing the game. It would have been a much nicer story if they won the game. But just work ethic for a guy like that, a wide receiver like that, to uh, you know, to fight for the team. So I like that as well. Wanted to throw it in there. But fellas, for all the people listening today, hope you guys enjoyed. There was really no hockey talk. There's not much going on in hockey. You got some arbitration cases and whatnot coming up. Signings to be pretty much finished up by teams. There's still some free agents out there, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show. But uh, not a whole lot going on. Whatever we have. We're going to start turning as we get ready for the hockey season into more of all sports going on because that's the current events. We're not just going to do all hockey. I know we've been going kind of teetering back and forth on what we want to do, but we have a, uh, we have a lot of love for all the other sports. So we want to make sure we talk about those and these debates and stuff. Let the uh, pass some good time on the show and bring good content to you guys. So make sure you're following on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Now we're on YouTube. So you guys want to see our mugs live. I think I said this four weeks in a row, follow on YouTube. So, Hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll uh, see you next week for episode 16.